in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Yes, thanks for joining us again. This is episode one hundred and eight of the Two White Chicks in China podcast. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited. Are you? Yes. Me too. <laughs>、uh, before we start the show properly, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's le- left us a review, and to also say thanks to Stephen, who、uh, is our newest、uh, Patreon supporter. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.、Um, so if you would like to support us、um, in an, any other way than just saying. Thanks. <laughs>、uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/TwoWhiteChicks and、uh, yeah, do your thing. Yeah. But the, you know, there's no pressure. We we also just appreciate comments and voicemail messages and you know any any feedback is we you know we appreciate. We do. We get really excited in the office when we get these kind of messages. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> makes our day. So, do you want to hear some facts yes, about、please. China? All right. So. I got this、uh, from an article from SupChina.com, which is one of my favorite、uh, news sources about China and Chinese culture, and、um, it's all about plastic surgery. Ooh, we've yeah, had a couple of those before.、All、yeah.、Right. So apparently,、um, this is becoming a thing now in China that a lot of acting schools and、um, hmm. film companies and stuff they won't accept actors that have.、Okay. Had work done. Yeah, I saw. I saw this. I didn't read the article. I saw the headline. Yeah, they'll、mm. even go as far as like pinching the actor and actress's noses to make sure that it's like the real. I guess they can tell. Wow. But yeah, so <laughs> it's so, becoming an issue. What do they have against people who've had work done? Uh, well, they're saying that it's it limits their expression. Oh. Yeah. So basically, like paralyzes parts of their face, and they can't really yeah, express themselves the same way. And I think some people are just kind of like traditionalists, and they don't like the idea of people tampering with science to make themselves look better.、Hmm. I don't know.、Hmm. I'm not sure. But I did some digging, and it looks like、um, plastic surgery. The market for it here in China is going to reach 800 billion. <gasps> Dollars、wow. next year, which, by the way, is only the third highest. Oh goodness me! <laughs> Number one, of course,、Ooh. being woo woo the U.S. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so that's that makes sense because I I assume plastic surgery in the U.S. costs a lot more, much more. So when you think、much、when、more. you think that China is now third, but plastic surgery here must cost like pennies compared to what it costs. In the U.S. and yeah, the U.K., yeah, it does. Especially when you get a group buy, <laughs> group on, get you know, yeah, nose you get job funds,、oh. yeah, and they have crazy deals where it's like, for only seventy five dollars, we'll do your eyelid, like make your eyelids、mm-hmm. look like they're two different pieces. <clears throat> Double eyelids is a thing here. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's weird. And Japan was number two. Oh, yeah! I thought it was going to be South Korea. Cause you <laughs> yeah, hear about like South Korea's pl- famous、mm-hmm. plastic surgeries, but yeah, I guess Japan's market is bigger. Or also Thailand, I guess. I thought. Oh, yeah. Too high. But again, I think probably it's going back to the whole cost of the actual yeah, yeah. surgeries. Yeah, you're right. Versus, 
you know, for each different country mm-hmm. versus how many are actually done. So there you have it. That's like very interesting fact for today about like life in China. Yeah. Do we have any news going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is uh, this. This comes from What's on Weibo, and the headline is uh, Chinese little brat urinates on elevator control panel gets trapped when it breaks down. <gasps> sweet, sweet justice. Yeah. So this happened in. <laughs> Uh, in Chongqing, um, so a boy urinates on the buttons of the elevator um, and became trapped when, when there was an electrical breakdown. So s- security footage of the incident uh, went viral on Weibo, um, which is China's uh, social media platform. It's kind of like Facebook, I guess. Um, on February 23rd, so security cameras in the neighborhood apartment complex captured the scene leading up to the elevator's electrical breakdown, which shows the young boy who is, he's in the lift by himself. He pees all over the elevator, (laughs) purposefully aiming at the control panel. And then the boy tries to push a button to exit the elevator, but the lights start to flicker. The elevator breaks down and the doors stay closed, trapping the boy inside. So obviously this spreads all over, and uh, it's not just on Weibo, but it's in uh, the People's Daily and Global Times. And uh, so they report that the boy was eventually rescued from the elevator. Um, but you know, h- hundreds, probably thousands of people on Weibo, uh, you know, were reacting. There was apparently uh, nearly twenty thousand comments. So <laughs> some comments said his family should be ashamed of how they educated him. Others wrote that the boy's parents should pay for the damage. Um, But there's been other stories like this um, of so-called little brats, (laughs) Um, also known as little emperor syndrome. You may have heard us mention that before, Um, which is basically um, because of the one-child policy, only children tend to be spoiled quite a bit and they get this kind of well, bratish, like, uh, attitude that they, they are the be all and end all and that they can behave anywhere they like. Um, I, I'm not sure if we mentioned this, but there was a story. I think there's been a story even more recent than this, but this is from 2016 when there was, um, a Lego, like, masterpiece was on display somewhere and basically it was on display for a few hours and a kid basically destroyed it within a few hours of it being on display. But there was, last year there was also a story of um, an art exhibition and so this uh, exhibition was like, it had the, you know, the the, uh, something to protect the art from people so you cannot step close to the art. But these kids had just gone under the, you know, like the not bollards, but you know what I mean? Like, like, a, like rope, a like rope, like a velvet type rope. thing. Yeah, exactly. And the parents hadn't done anything. The parents were there and they just let the kids destroy this piece of art. This baffles me. I wonder if this also, I mean, there's no excuse, but I wonder if it's related to, so when you have an only child, or even now there's no one child policy mm-hmm. anymore, but uh, most families remain very small. Um, two children maximum. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe part of it is also that they usually have they usually have grandma and grandpa living with them, and a nanny mm-hmm. and mom and dad, and we have all these people, and nobody wants to be the bad guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's they all want to be the favorite one mm-hmm. for the kid because the kid like they're all fighting for the kid's attention basically. Yeah. 
And so they no, nobody wants to be the disciplinarian. I wonder right. if that's part of it. Because I've also had a lot of experiences, a lot of experience. Pretty, pretty much any time somebody brings a child over to my home, mm-hmm. the kid is just what I would consider extremely misbehaved. Like, will go into, just wander on into your bedroom mm. when the parents just let them go on. And, you know, like, they yeah. just wander wherever they want to go. Whereas I would... That I would have never been able to do that as a no. child or jumping on the couch and stuff like that where it's like you don't just go over to somebody else's not. house and do that kind of stuff. But in China, this has happened so many times, mm-hmm. so many times where there's been a kid over and I've found him like in my closet and I'm like, oh, what wow. are you doing in here? <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Like, and the I've... parents are there and they don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, have, uh, I had a situation a while back where so I was walking cash our dog and some kid like you know lots of there are kids out with grandparents or parents and the kid had come over you know and so I told cash to sit and he was really well well behaved but then the kid was like taught started to like torture cash and I was like okay like it's time to go now and the parents didn't do anything not they were like pulling you know pulling his hair and and when cash was just you know like you know what he's like poor cash so and they didn't do anything about that i just thought that's basically yeah that sums it up doesn't it it's crazy because they'll be standing there watching this thing Mm -hmm. happen yeah yeah it's not as if they're 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 not in they're not there to see it Mm -hmm. (sighs) very frustrating very very very. frustrating (laughs) yeah so i mean i'm glad that he's rescued and everything but serves him right yeah (laughs) yeah i think so too i maybe that's not the right mentality to have but i yeah i just think he he did it it also makes me really wary of touching any elevator buttons (laughs) from now on (laughs) yeah yeah. gross yeah so what are we talking about today Mm. holly okay so our question comes from sarai i really hope that that pronunciation is correct i did check (laughs) so uh um, she says, hi, can you please tell me what the house uh, house bills usually cost per month in Shenzhen? Since, lost, l- sorry, since lots of people first come to China as teachers, it would be great to hear about the salary range and benefits we might expect and the general cost of living. Um, furthermore, it would be great to hear about the various visa processes and transitioning from teaching to other employment. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm, so there's a couple of things there that we can try and answer. Mm-hmm. So should we should we hit the first one about house, the bills? House bills, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, do you want to do rent as well? I get do you, would you class? Yeah, rent as I kind of broke down all of our house bills. Um, okay, cool. And I want to say first, like, there's Shenzhen and there's Shenzhen. Yeah. <clears throat> so where Holly and I live is probably the most expensive. I think so. Area because it's in the center of the city. Yeah. Um, and it's in, they're in decent areas, close to the metro, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so, um, you can definitely get cheaper than this, yep. but maybe not in the district that we are. We're in Futian district. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go to, so there are three main districts in Shenzhen, Lohu, Futian, and Nanshan. Mm-hmm. And those three districts are all going to be relatively similar to what we're going to talk about now. But in the Shenzhen greater area, and it's huge, it's a huge city, Mm -hmm. um, there are plenty of places where you can get much cheaper. I'm talking about like half the price. If not less. Yeah, but you're going to be traveling, if you're working in like the center of the city, you're going to be traveling an hour and a half one way. 
to get there probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least an hour, if not an hour and a half. So you have to kind of weigh up the pros and cons. Do you want to spend three hours traveling every day? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, or do you want to pay more? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like yeah. any big city. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's start with rent then. Okay. So I based this off of last year because I had all the bill. Like I took I took an actual bill and broke mm-hmm. it down. Um, so last year for my monthly, so it was for an apartment that's 860 square feet, which is about 80 square meters. Um, the rent was $1,100 U.S. dollars. Right. Yep. And, um, management fee. So the management fee is for every apartment ever, I guess, even if you own it, you probably have to pay yeah. a management fee. And it's something that you should really ask about before mm-hmm. you rent a place because you could be really surprised. You'll be really su- or you might be quite taken aback by this additional fee that you you weren't expecting because mm-hmm. it can add up. And whilst it's not a large amount of money exactly, it's it's still like you know what, like sixty, an additional like sixty, fifty dollars, like say on top of your rent, which right. it's you calculated, might not have known about. Mm-hmm. It's calculated based off of the size of your apartment, and also depending on the management. Like if you have a big garden, yeah. in, like if you if your building has big gardens or other special amenities, then usually it's a little bit higher per square meter. So mine for last year was forty four dollars per month. So what was that, like 200 and something, RB? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so you kind of have to just add, it's the same every single month. It's always the same. So you have to tack that on to your rent to make sure that, you know, when you're looking for prices of the apartment, you keep that in mind, mm-hmm. that you want to leave a little extra wiggle room for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's three other things that are in, included in the bill, at least as far as I can see and that's the gas yeah so gas was about six bucks a month so that's probably the cheapest it's one cheap, isn't yeah it? water water is about 10 bucks a month and electricity which tends to fluctuate yeah. um i would say you pay about an average of 50 dollars a month in summer you'll pay more because if i mean if you're running your air conditioning all the time it's mm-hmm. definitely higher in winter you'll pay less especially if you're not running your air conditioner but i'd say you'd average about 50 60 dollars yeah um, depending actually on how good your air conditioning, some of them really suck up energy, but for the most part, it should be something around that. Yeah. Am I missing anything there? Um, did you mention garbage disposal? I guess oh. that's an additional, but it's, I mean, it's tiny, isn't it? But that's it's usually like part of the management. Yeah, it's a teeny like tiny amount. You're right about um, that. Internet? Oh, yeah. So internet should be around like 20 bucks a month, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, I think uh, that's what I have as well. I have 130. I actually found a website, but I'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah, like 130 RMB a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. But usually you have to pay. I mean, it depends, actually. Sometimes they have you pay in advance because I think it's cheaper that way if you uh-huh. pay for a whole year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it can be. Mm-hmm. Or like we have one of our phones... Um, it's through the same company as our internet, so the phone, the we pay for mm. the phone, but then the internet is free. Yeah. So, but it's a kind of a more expensive phone plan, so really it probably works, works out, out about the same. the same. Yeah. So, um, and what's nice is you do have different internet companies to select from. Like in the U.S., usually you just have one. Mm-hmm. You have like one cable oh, really? company. 
Yeah, because a lot of the areas in small, I mean, maybe in, in the big cities areas. you have more, but uh -huh. they own the wires. So, yeah, a lot of times you have oh. this monopoly. I remember fighting I over the cable, like Time Warner cable. Oh, how much I spent <laughs> on the phone with them complaining and, oh, it was horrible service and didn't always work. And blah, blah, blah. here at least, like, you have quite a few companies to choose from and... Um, it's relatively easy to switch and then they follow you like if you move you can take the same contract with you so long as the building you move into has the same kind of connection mostly most of the time they will mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it estimates spending another hundred and fifty dollars total for the bills like including the internet including your phone yeah. including all the things I mentioned before electricity water gas trash all that stuff. So yeah. I'd say tack on about 150 bucks. Which is peanuts, really. I mean, I'm not sure how much those kind of bills would cost you in the US, but they're all, they're, those bills, especially like electricity and uh, gas, are really expensive. Mm -hmm. Depends on where you're living. Like sure. in the US, I remember, because where I went to university was like, in an area that had a lot of these massive, like, mansion-like houses. So they would divide the houses into, mm. like, four quadrants, and right. you would rent out with several other people yeah. one of yeah. one of the part. And these were, like, old, they're really nice, but old, like, drafty houses. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so people mm -hmm. would have bills, like, 300 400 $500 a month for heating, because yeah. we live, I mean, it's Wisconsin. It's not my parents' heat. house. <laughs> yeah, so it's crazy. Yeah, it's not like that. But it's also not what I would say cheap. I mean, Shenzhen, like we've mentioned, is one of the more ex most expensive. I'd say between Shenzhen, Shanghai, and probably central Beijing is the most expensive areas in China. So, like, for, as a comparison, when I lived in Chengdu, uh, rent was like $100 for a massive apartment. Really? Yeah. Two bedrooms, three bathrooms... Big dining room, living room, and it was a hundred, I'd say like a hundred and, let's see. Oh my goodness. Okay, a hundred and seventy-five dollars. Wow. Wow. That's a, for that's a month. For rent. So yeah, so I mean, you gotta keep it in mind, Shenzhen is much more expensive than other parts of China. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, a friend of mine, he lives out in uh, Longhua, I think, or on the, or just on, on the border, and he has a I think it's either a 30 or 40 square meter. It's a tiny little apartment. Oof. And he's paying 2400 But in Longhua? Yeah. Hmm. It's in a really nice area, though. I've been out there, and it's kind of... They've, like, re... Uh, re... What's the word? Regenerated this area, so it's really cool. Like, there's the, there's these long, like... You know, have you seen what they're doing near the walnuts? This is a... Sorry for side sidetracking here yeah yeah it's like that so there are all these like, like cool little shops and, stuff, and little like flower shops yeah, and like yeah it's, shops and all and this stuff. like nice pedestrian walkways with lovely light uh, lights and mm. some little sculptures here and there like it looks really cool and modern um and they live there were factories and they've renovated these factories and oh. cut them into small little apartments so yeah you can live out there it's it's not the easiest to get to and it's you know if you cab it it's expensive I think it also makes a difference um, whether or not you'll be like you want a, your own place or you want to live with somebody else. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you're bringing someone with you, or if you don't mind sharing an apartment, obviously it's easier to live yeah. downtown. But I think it's difficult to find a, a 
you know, you're going to pay at least like a thousand dollars for an apartment in Futian, I'm sure. I think so. Even, even it's funny, like, um, so I think I've been quite, we've been quite lucky. We live in an older building and our, we have three, I think it's a hundred square meters. We have three bedrooms and three decent sized bedrooms really. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you could get, uh, an apartment which is about 60, 60 square meters in the building just one over from us and it's actually more expensive oh. so we you know we even though we're in the same area it's and that building is much it's more modern mm. and they have new newer yeah it's just it's just all new but maybe your feng shui isn't good in that perhaps <laughs> i am very happy with my apartment so <laughs> yeah it's a nice apartment yeah um i i like when you're renting an apartment one of the important things is to know which direction it's facing mm. and um if it's facing south it's going to have a higher rent and if it's facing north versus i mean it's a feng shui yeah. thing yeah. chinese culture and um and people will come with a compass Yes, they, they will. Won't. They will. Whip I, it out. When I, the first apartment I lived with, lived in with my husband, we, the they, uh, the landlord sold the apartment while we were living in it, and we would just like they would just bring people in to have a look, and they would stand on the balcony with the not a compass, but you know with the app compass app, and check to see the direction. Every single person came in, and by the <laughs> end, I was like. Yeah, it faces this direction. I could, I can't remember which direction it is, but I, w I would tell them just, before, yeah, it's all right. You, I'm going to tell you right now. They just need to know for themselves, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to trust that pesky foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, so I found this app. Uh, it's not an app, sorry. It's a website and it's called Numbio. Um, and basically you put in certain like statistics and it'll give you uh, the cost of living for like cities so actually this it's quite accurate this is for four people i'm not this it it bit breaks every single thing down that's it, awesome it's really cool um so numbio it, yeah numbio i'll put a link in our show notes it even breaks down like how much um a mcdonald's meal will cost well that's the big mac index that's probably what they're using to base a lot the of the big this mac stuff. index yeah the Big Mac index that gives you, <laughs> depending on how much a Big Mac costs, it, that's oh, how they that's calculate, how they calculate like, the rest uh, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. So this was like this. It tells you, for example. So this is for four people living in a, um, in an apartment. Um, so let me see. I'll try and find some interesting ones. So um, let's see. It tells you even the price of like fruit and vegetables. Wow. That's quite funny. So you looked at the one for Shenzhen and you yeah, said it's pretty accurate? I, I think so. Yeah. A lot of it. Like, um, sorry, I'm trying to go down. Okay, so utilities, um, 540 RMB for a month for an 85 square meter apartment. Yeah, it's probably I about think right. I pretty accurate, isn't it? Um, let's see, internet, 134 yeah. per month. I would say that's pretty, pretty good. good. Rent for three bedrooms outside the center of the city, 6,200. Okay. I think that's yeah. outside right. the center. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Does it say in the center? Does it also? There's have another a one, but I have to. I've, I'm on airplane mode, so I can't tell you what that uh -oh. is. Oh, uh, it was. I'll tell you what it was. It was ten thousand plus for a three bedroom. Yeah, yeah, it was like ten thousand three hundred, which is okay. So probably it's getting closer uh, yeah, to getting two thousand dollars. Yeah. But so this this it was. It's really interesting. So it gives you like an overall estimate monthly spending, and it says twenty thousand RMB for for four people. 
So I guess maybe two, a, two, I mean, parent, two adults and two kids, maybe something like that. Okay. But you can set it up to like, it'll tell you how much the gym's going to cost you. But I think that's something that, that can fluctuate quite a lot. Oh yeah, in gyms this, in this city, like bargain. you can get super cheap gyms and really expensive ones, mm-hmm. from what I understand. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna put the link on because it's really. That's I mean, really I'm cool. just like I spent ages like look. Not that I was wasting time, but I spent quite <laughs> a bit of time like just looking at the cost. Like, this is quite funny. It says that a cappuccino costs fourteen or not twenty five RMB, which is that's not true. That's it's more. That's expensive. definitely on the cheap side, but it says a regular, so it's. Things like that are a bit on the. You can't get a cup side. of coffee in this city for less than thirty quiet. Yeah, I, would, I, I mean a cappuccino. Yeah, you can get a standard, standard coffee. brewed coffee yeah. for maybe twenty five. Yeah, yeah, coffee's but expensive here. It is, but it's yeah, it's but it's and it's most of the time it's not bad coffee. No, I would say no. I haven't really been too disappointed by the standard of coffee. <laughs> No, and it's kind of like a luxury. It's kind of like, like you can buy your own beans and make your own yeah. coffee, and it's not going to cost you much more than back home. Um, but because it's like a luxury item in China, it's not part of their normal culture. And so, I mean, it's becoming that way, but it's kind of like you go out. Like, I've, I've never seen a Chinese person order a coffee into their house. Like, they just want the coffee. You have to go out and be seen with the coffee and stand with the coffee and sit with your phone (sighs) and your little dog with the coffee. And it's, like, a whole part of the... (laughs) That's, like, a whole part of the enjoyment of the coffee. It's not about just, like, oh, I need my morning java. So it's a little bit... A little bit... It's perceived as kind of a different Mm -hmm. um, product here. Yeah, those... um, On the street, the road where I live, there's a Starbucks... And then on the opposite side of the street, there's an 85 degrees, which is like, it's more pastry, but they do sell a lot of coffee. They sell coffee and other drinks. And on a morning, those places are packed. Mm. Like, unreal. And throughout the day as well, Starbucks is always busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Starbucks is always busy. Yeah, no matter where you are. Yes. <laughs> okay, so um, do we, should we move on to the next kind of question, which mm-hmm. is about um, about salary ranges and benefits for teachers okay all right well um i so there's uh, it depends it it's you uh, you've got to break it down even more than that so i would say if you're working in if you get a job in just like a standard kindergarten i think you, you're looking at between even as low as 10 between 10 and 15 i think as like an entry level forget it doesn't matter where you've come from before so it's I 10 think, and fifteen thousand thousand R and b yeah so what's that so it's uh, like two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, two thousand to two thousand eight hundred, something like that. Right, right. And uh, so that's between a thousand and fifteen hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and for those kindergartens, it you can always negotiate, but I I would just from pa- in the past, I th- things have definitely gotten better than what, from when I was a teacher. But you, most of the time, you didn't get you don't get holiday pay or any like little perks like that it's just a flat rate like if you don't work during the holidays you don't get salary yeah it used to be they would like you get a flight home you'd get like guaranteed work visa all this stuff you have to make sure you um iron out all those details before you make a commitment because those mm-hmm. are really important getting a work visa is extremely important yeah um and like I said, getting a uh, flight home is probably not something you might expect a end of the year 
bonus or some kind of like contract end bonus. Maybe, yeah. But make sure you have all those details figured out before you sign on the dotted line. Yeah, and this is kind of like a sort of a sidetrack, but with the contracts and stuff. Make sure there's like an someone either who can help you look at a contract, like look at your contract. I, and I'm also gonna say this mostly: contracts do not m- make any difference here. Like contracts, I, I, especially in those kindergartens, they mean nothing at all. So they can be torn up or changed very quick, very easily. But there are sometimes little, uh, especially with dates and things, that will affect. Say, for example, you renegotiate and get. Uh, holiday pay for you next year. Sometimes the dates will have been changed so that, in fact, say you have two holidays, well, you do have two holidays, Chinese New Year and the summer holidays, that you're getting the bonus for both holidays and that kind of thing. Like, the small things are kind of are a bit You just shifty. have to be more on top of things, I think, in general. Yeah. Like, if you know, for example, you need a visa, you need to kind of be a little pushy. Even if they say they're going to give it to you, you need yeah. to be a little bit more aggressive than you might be back home. Like, I wouldn't trust the system. Mm-hmm. I would definitely be pushy. Like, so when are we starting the process for my visa? When is it going to finish? Like, be a little bit of a, a, of a squeaky wheel. Yeah. Just to make sure you get everything that you expect to have. Mm-hmm. And it may not be that they don't want to do it for you. It might just be that they're like... They need connections and stuff, and sometimes those things are not that easy. And time here is different too, you know. And like in the UK and the US, I think mm-hmm. they're on a different time. Time is entirely. circular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's I think um, that's just for a standard kindergarten. But I think international kindergartens, you're gonna get a higher salary, and they're more. They tend to be more strict. And I, I'm good. These are actually like usually have uh uh people for in Hong Kong who actually control the, the uh, control the kindergarten rather than just calling themselves international because there are lots of those as well and you have to be careful mm-hmm. <laughs> um those ones you tend to get a lot of perks um the salary's higher it's usually 18 plus that's like a starting salary you usually get a flight home you usually get a bonus if you work for more than one year with them but um there are longer hours and more paperwork, so you. It depends on what you want as a teacher. Do you want a nice, like, let's call it an easier life, where you work from eight to five with a three-hour lunch break, and you have a, a lower salary, but you can do extra work on an evening. You get three hours in during the day to do whatever you want with. Um, but there's not there's very little paperwork, uh, or you know you're just free to. You know, you don't have as much respons- responsibility in a way. Um, whereas in international kindergartens, you you may not be a qualified teacher, but you have, a, as though you were a teacher in the UK, I would say, like as much paperwork as, as some of, like as my friends would do mm-hmm. as teachers back home. Um, and much, and longer hours as well. So you're like a proper teacher. Mm-hmm. But you get a lot of perks with it, so it's, it can, it can be, it can work in your favour. I know a lot of people who are doing that strategy, like the first one you mentioned, where you get a quote-unquote easier job, and then, yeah, yeah, you just have that as kind of your base salary, and then because you have, you know, you finish at five, so you could potentially work even just one, do like one private lesson in the evenings every week, you'd still make a good chunk on top of it. For sure. Yeah. 
So it depends, like, it depends on what you want to do. Then, of course, you have to arrange those things yourself, and sometimes kids get sick, then if you don't have lessons with them, you don't get paid. So there's, <laughs> there's pros and cons, but it's more flexible. Yeah. So you can weigh out all those mm-hmm. questions um, and decide what you want to do. Yeah, and there's also, um, so moving on from kindergartens, if there are, like, ha- uh, schools, like primary and secondary schools, where if you're a specialized subject teacher, those... Again, you need to be qualified teachers, I think, to work in those schools. Mm. Um, and and back in the day, I feel like it used to be a little more lax with, say, even the international kindergartens. You um, you didn't have to have um, you didn't have to have like TEFLs and stuff. But now, and I guess we can talk about that in a little bit with the visa process. They're much. It's much more strict now. You need TEFLs. You need an actual degree. Before you didn't even have to have a degree to teach, like to be a, a kindergarten teacher. But even now, I think you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for specialized subject teachers, I believe you can get between fifteen and twenty. But that's you know, that's just what I've heard and seen. You might yeah. even get lucky. Like sometimes schools are really desperate for foreign oh, teachers, yeah. and I've heard of them offering like twenty, twenty-five, sure. just because they need for native speakers. Yeah. We're talking about native speakers, and that's a big thing now. Native speakers. Uh, there are lots of kindergartens that are getting, or, or schools in general. Let's again, I'm fixating on kindergarten. The that w- uh, really just want native speakers, mm-hmm. and they favor different passports. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, you're you have English. I want I want to study English, like British English mm, yeah. or American English. Not too many studying Australian English. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, having the native speaker status really helps in this city. Yeah. Although, like we were mentioning, there's Shenzhen and there's Shenzhen. So the farther out you go, the easier the jobs are to get. The easier mm-hmm. they are to do usually. So, I mean, there really is work still here for everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you even if you don't take a day job, you could work in a training center. And training centers are definitely... But that it, there's also a downside because you're less likely to get a work visa. Mm-hmm. You're basically almost like working freelance, but you've got a, a, permanent, a pretty much permanent job. It's not like doing your own private classes where you have to get to the class wherever in the city. The uh, training center, you turn up. It's it's like the ki- like a kindergarten, but you're just there, and usually on an evening and a weekend. So that I mean that might work mm. for you mm-hmm. if you don't want to work during the day. And the you usually get a higher hourly rate. So in fact, you can work less hours and get more money. Right. Yeah. But you never have your evenings. You never have your evenings. But this is I. This is bad of me to say, but if you finish at like eight o'clock, you can still go out <laughs> if you true, want. True. Have a you know have a few drinks, and you don't have to get up in the morning. So true. True. Can works with, works with some people, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're like curious to see what's out there today, you can just go to for Shenzhen. There's a couple different websites. There's probably more now, but mm. um, it used to be like ShenzhenParty.com. Everyone was on ShenzhenParty.com, and you can look at the classified. Ad. The website is very basic. But um, the classified ads are current. So just take a look at what jobs are popping up, and then you can start to see um, mm-hmm. different salaries that are available. ShenzhenStuff.com is another one. Yep. And actually, there's Shanghai Stuff and I think Beijing Stuff, too. So if you're looking at those cities as well, you can use that to kind of get a gauge for what's available out yeah. there. But there's obviously way more... like. Finding a job on the internet, I feel like, is still not really the main way that people do that Especially here. not teaching jobs. 
No, it's more mostly about jobs and a lot of life here is about the connections that you have. So once you come here, I think it's easier to establish those connections rather than just like randomly searching online. But that's what I did. I don't know. I just randomly searched online mm. and I found I went through an agency. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still get sometimes we still get messages saying, I found a job through an agency. No, don't do it. No, don't. <laughs> don't we, we can't tell you often enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, nothing bad is going to happen to you, but they're just going to, like, basically exploit you. You're going to work for peanuts. They're going to collect a big chunk of chat. Yeah, I, for the most part, I haven't heard very many positive stories. Like, it didn't end well, you know? So, I'm sure, yeah, like, Norris says, it's not going to be for everyone, but it's for the most part. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can even check out apartments on those sites, too, so you can kind of get an idea for what's it gonna, what, what it's going to cost, and sometimes they have photos and stuff, although photos are very deceiving. Yeah. Here. Yeah. And there'll be people on the, on those sites also advertising for, like, a flatmate, Mm -hmm. so there may be two people already living in, uh, an apartment, and they just need someone for one bedroom, so that, that, you know, that could also work Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm, definitely. Yeah, um, so what the final part is about the visas, I think, right? This is tricky. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we, we, I don't know, it's changed a lot since we got our visas. I understand it's changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's there's nowhere really that you can go to find, mm-hmm. um, like, explicit information about this. In fact, when I have gotten visas and when my parents get visas, to come to China from the U.S., um, they don't even deal with the Chinese consulate because it's always really murky. They don't tell you a detail they should have told you, and you get there and you realize you don't have. And it's because the nearest consulate is in Chicago, and my parents live quite a distance from there, so they've had the situation where they've driven all the way down mm. in the crack at the crack of dawn to get there when the office opened, and then there's something that they need to get that they weren't told about. So we always use actually an agent to send our passports to get the visa in the U.S. Okay. So I don't know. It's it's definitely a – like we're on work visas, um, and that's provided by our company. And she also asked about uh, like switching your visa from – like let's say you have a teaching job first and then you switch over to doing something else. That's really not easy. It's mm-hmm. almost like starting over from the beginning. Yeah. You've done that. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done that. So one of the things that you need when you... Um, so first off, you need... To, to get a work visa, you need a degree. And um, now if you're going for a teaching visa, you also need... I think it's a 120 hours TEFL certificate. But the biggest thing, and this is for all areas as far as I know, you need to have two years of experience in that field. So when you're switching over, if you switch over from teacher to another um, career, then where did you get your experience from? Like, it's kind of, it's dodgy territory. And I know that you, and there are are ways to get around it. There's always ways to get around (laughs) all of this. We're just going to say that as a blanket uh, statement. You can do it that way. You can do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But. Uh, from what I understand, things are getting much more difficult. My husband has had so much hassle with his visas in the past. Like, so, just so much pain uh, that we, we've gone through. It's just, it's never been easy for him. And it's just like, it's gotten gradually more complicated. So, yeah, 
the switching thing is just put him on a spousal visa now. Yeah, he's got he's good now. He's he's okay. got his visa, but it wasn't easy. And back in the day, you would have to go back home, but I don't think you need to do that now, mm. from what I understand. I'm not sure. I think it depends on what kind of visa you come in on. All right. And what country you're from. Yeah, but then I know a lad from the UK. He's just gone home. And he's having to sort out. He's have. I. I don't know what visa he's gone to get, but I could be a work visa. Okay. So, if that's the case, you still have to go back to your home country, which yeah. is a, that's a pain, isn't it? Like you come here and then you're told, oh, by the way, you've got to go back home again. <laughs> what? Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. That's definitely tricky. That's why you wanna. Um, so there's a couple different strategies. One is you can come to China with the intention of, like, come on a tourist visa and then suss it out and decide whether or not you want to stay for more time. And within that time that you have for your tourist visa, which, I mean, in the U.S., you can get a 10-year tourist visa. I mean, you need to leave the country in a certain amount of days. I think it's 90 days. Mm-hmm. But we're in Shenzhen, so you can just, like, walk uh-huh. across a border to Hong yeah. Kong and then just come back the same day, and it's fine. Um so you can come first, and this is what I would recommend. This is what I would tell any any of my friends who are interested in coming to to work in China. I would tell them come in on a tourist visa, check it out, like figure out whether or not you this is what you want to do before you go through the hassle of trying mm-hmm. to figure out your work visa. And in that time, you can try to look for companies that you want to work for and figure out whether or not they can provide you with a work visa. Yeah, that's it. If you're gonna go for a teaching job especially ask them can you get me a work visa and do you have other teachers who have work visas because if they've never done that if they say yes we can and you you ask them do you have any other teachers or no then that's going to be a pain in the behind Mm -hmm. if they've never done it before they don't know what they're doing and honestly (laughs) i I don't know if i should go on (laughs) yeah i had when i first came to shenzhen I, i asked them the same question and i guess i I I didn't ask them the key questions because I, I asked them, do you have a work visa? Like, let me talk to some other teachers who are working there. And I asked those other teachers about their work visa. Say, yeah, we have a work visa. But in order to get mine, they sent me to Liaoning province, which is like almost in Korea. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. And I spent a month in a city called Shenyang by myself in this crappy apartment, like a hotel complex. Like, waiting for them to process. So they couldn't actually get me a work visa for Shenzhen or Guangdong province anywhere. They had to send me up because they had, like, a sister school Uh all the way up there. I'm talking about a four-hour flight from Shenzhen. I was stuck there waiting. They told me, oh, you'll be there for 48 hours. I was there for one month trying to process that work visa. I wonder if this is some, I mean, I wonder if this is a common occurrence. I've never heard anyone. I don't know. I'd even forgotten that I had gone through that until recently. I was like, remember that time I spent a a month in Shenyang? You mentioned it the other day and I was like, did I know that? Yeah, like, like erased it from my memory because it was awful. Yeah, it, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know if companies, do that now but these are those kind of situations where you can't really expect like just try to ask as many questions as you can and try to speak to other people foreigners who are working for those companies yeah 
to try and suss out the legitimacy. Yeah, and sometimes you need to be a little bit pushy. Like, even if it's not in your nature or you feel as though... Even in Chinese culture, it's a bit like to be abrasive. It's not really a desirable, like, personality trait. But you, you to get the truth, <laughs> to, to, to see the full picture, sometimes you need to be pushy and ask questions and not to settle because I remember when I was when I first came here and I was first teaching I was off I felt like I was feeling around in the dark like I was blind and feeling around in the dark and I I only ever knew like a teeny piece of the the, the big picture mm-hmm. and I'm lucky that I came out I think because there were so many times when I was just like totally I just like totally clueless because I never asked any questions because I thought yes these people know what they're doing Mm. well not always yeah if you have a laid-back or mild personality (laughs) China's gonna change you for sure (laughs) yeah might not be tomorrow but it will Mm. if you're here for the long run because you just can't survive you need to be they were people respond really well here to authority and so you have to be a little bit more aggressive than you might be back home yeah for sure Mm mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's a super confusing way to talk about visas, but um, I I think we are not like how, there's so many different avenues to go through with the visa. Yeah. There's so many. If things are always changing, so um, unfortunately, audience listeners out there, I'm sorry we cannot give you a step by step approach to how to apply for a visa because it's yeah. it's not gonna work. Tomorrow, basically. That's it. Maybe if there's someone out there who's done it very recently, who could maybe give some more details, might be more of a help than what we've been like. But they can change even th- things yes, at the drop. That's of the true. Hat. That's very true. So we've addressed this subject on several other podcasts, like in the past, like as far back as probably two years ago. So what we said back then probably doesn't even is probably irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you need to rely more on your network than on, you know, what's written on, like, information on websites or... Is there anything written on a website? Yeah, I mean, the Chinese consul, the website's very cryptic, and I think it was updated last in, like, 1996. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sorry if that's just one big, massive, massive information, but that's the reality here, and you have to just kind of get here to see what you're doing and establish a few connections before you feel you can get accomplish some stuff here yeah and also we don't want to tell you we don't want to tell you the wrong kind of information either, even if we we think we know exactly how to do it I would be afraid that we were wrong and you would just get stuck here or something yeah. <laughs> or couldn't get in or whatever. Your best bet at this point, if you're curious or considering coming to China, is to speak to as many people as possible That's who it. are either Chinese people themselves who have dealt, like maybe have worked with foreigners in China or people who have studied abroad in China and companies who have branches in China. Speak to just as many people as you can, gather as much information as you can so that mm. you're equipped when you get over here. Sounds good. Yes. Good advice, Mara. Yeah, should we leave the listeners with a word of the day? Yes, please. Okay, so today's word, because we spoke a lot about bills, 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 is zhang dan. So zhang dan is bills. Hmm. Bill. Zhang dan. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Bills. 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 Nice. I'm <laughs> writing that down. Um, okay, so I'm going to put uh, all the things we've mentioned uh, all the links and stuff will be on our show note page, which is at writtenchinese.com slash episode 108. So it'll be numbers 108 at the end, and you can see all of our show notes and links to everything. 
That's right. And if some of what we said sparked even further questions,、mm-hmm. please send us a voicemail at writtenchinese.com/voicemail with any of your other questions about、sure. life in China. Yeah, or you can、uh, go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com/twowhitechicks. That's two, which is two w t t w. <laughs> T W O two W O. Oh no, it's been a long morning. T W O, not the number. <laughs> and you can leave us comments or feedback or questions as well. That's that's cool too. That's right. Thanks again to all of you who have left a review. We really, really appreciate、mm-hmm. it. And、Definitely. to our Patreon, Stephen, thank you.、Yeah. And、um, hope we hear from all of you out there <laughs> at some point. <laughs> have a good week. Bye. 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 